Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, he, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there and sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised, those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speaking act, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The reading of his word. Good morning, church. Grace and peace in the name of Jesus to you. We are in lesson number five in our sermon series, working through the letter of James. And we do get to start chapter two today. Chapter two. And we are starting to get into some of the major themes that James is interested in, such as wealth and charity, but specifically through this thing called partiality or favoritism, the sin of favoritism. So we have, um, we have favoring the rich and belittling the poor, and these are things that happen out in the wider culture, and you know, we're introduced to this pretty early on. I mean, this happens in middle school cafeterias, you know, the, the, the favorites, the popular kids, the, the rich kids, they there, there are, there's something happening already early on in our society and, and culture. There's, there's this thing called favoritism in the wider culture. But then it seems like the family of God is no different. So the church in James's day is reflecting the culture. And James sees this, and so he has to address it. So our job today is to listen in and to be open to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's guidance to 
our own lives and our own church life today. And so, to begin here, I want to I share with you, there we go, an outline of what we're getting into today. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Uh, we're going to see that value in the kingdom of God has nothing to do with money, social status, fancy clothes, gold rings, things like that. So verses 1 through 4 are going to challenge the way that we think we want to live this alternative lifestyle in the kingdom of God. And then we're going to be reminded that actually many financially insecure people, they're rich of God's kingdom. Contrary to the, to the common view of the day in the kingdom of God, you are not ranked by your bank account. Being poor does not mean that God is mad at you. So we need to check our values. And uh, kind of wrestling through all of this, we'll get to a solution that love is the key to living well in God's kingdom. We'll be reminded of the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples. Hey, love one another, love others. And the life of love that the gospel teaches us to live will remind us, will encourage us, will teach us today that we want to speak and we want to act like a person who is someday going to be tried by grace and mercy. And verses 12 and 13 will wrap all of that up for us today. So that's what we have this morning in James chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. That is our sermon text for today. Let's pray and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Uh, for this opportunity to study your word in community. And uh, I just ask that the, the study time, the prep time, the sermon, God, you use it to, uh, to just expand our minds, to challenge us, to convict us, to nurture us, Lord. Um, I ask that this, this sermon would uh, just supernaturally find its way to where it needs to go, Lord. You be Lord. You do your thing today. We are expectant of that. In your name we pray. Amen. So the sin of favoritism. The sin of favoritism. It's an understated sin, right? It's a, it's a subtle sin. But it's a sin that if left unchecked, just like any sin, it can cause major Injury to God's church. Perhaps we could call it a gateway sin. You know, it's just little innocent favoritism, showing partiality, giving some people special privileges. But that favoritism can lead to divisiveness in God's church. And of course, church divisions can be really nasty, ugly experiences. People are wounded over church splits and things like that. Perhaps that's part of your church background and story. Multiplication is our game, not division. We certainly miss the mark when we show favoritism. Now, before you go on a witch hunt and you start to think about all the times perhaps you have played favorites, let's not do that this morning. Let's not start with us. Let's start with God. How does God 
see us. Acts 10.34, it says, Father, God the Father does not show favoritism. Acts 10.34, God doesn't show favoritism. Actually, in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. The good news about Jesus Christ is for everyone. For God so loved the whole world, right? John John 3.16, the way that God the Father sees us, the way that God sees us, it, it, it challenges these walls, these barriers that that we build, it might be language, somebody has an accent and we want to put them to a corner, cultural differences, prejudice, geography, economic backgrounds, educational levels, we could go on and on, the different things where we start to rank and sort and, and uh, how, we, how we organize people. But in light of who God is and what God wants for humanity. Absolutely. We begin this message with the affirmation. We, we want to demolish any barrier that keeps us from loving on people, that keeps us from telling people about Christ, meeting their needs. So the challenge for us is to see things the way that God sees. To see people the way God sees people, to value the things that God values. So that's our first point for today. Value in the kingdom. Where is my first slide? Well, my first slide's not there. Um, Value in the kingdom of God has nothing to do with money, clothes, social status, etc. When we place value on kingdom non-essentials, we set ourselves up for favoritism. So the church in James's day was apparently being influenced by what's going on in culture and society in the Roman Empire, where it's common to see favoritism all over the place. And now it's happening inside the bride of Christ. And James observes this. So he's trying to make a pastoral correction here. He says, my brothers and sisters. Perhaps I pick up some sensitivity here in his letter. Brothers and sisters, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ. So he anchors this prohibition to the glory of Jesus. How could we say that we have faith in the glorious one, Jesus, the glorious one? We have faith in the glorious one, Yet we favor some people over another. We have faith in the glorious one, the savior of the entire world. And yet we turn our backs to certain types of people. So James, he, he's challenging us. And then he gives us an example. It's like the filthy rich versus the filthy, so to speak. For if someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring, and dressed in fine clothes. Clothing was a, a status symbol in the Roman Empire. Perhaps clothing still is a status symbol in our culture today. So you have the, the fancy, well-dressed person coming into your church gathering. You also have the poor person dressed in filthy clothes. They come in. If you look with favor on the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here in a good place, 
Yet you say to the poor person, stand over there or sit here on the floor by my footstool. Haven't you made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? The way we treat people, it has consequences. If you identify with Christ, and that means you bear the name of Christ, which means you can speak and you can do things in the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Jesus has given you authority and power in the kingdom of God. And our challenge as we wrestle with this is, hey, do we use this authority and power to shame or honor? Do we show favoritism or do we belittle? If favoritism is a sorting mechanism in the church, then we have made illegitimate distinctions, judgments, separations, discriminations. This is no good. If the rich get the seat of honor in the church gathering and we say to the poor, hey, sit over here by my footstool, that's no good. This expression, to to sit under one's feet, that's symbolic. It's symbolic of domination. It's a power move. It's, it's, It's a way to say, hey, let me reduce you. Let me repress you. You are little. And it also conjures up imagery of of old, of of a victorious king placing their foot on the neck of the conquered. This is evil, this is bad, this is wrong. The Roman culture, they they despised the poor. So simply put, James is like, don't be like the wider culture, don't belittle the poor. And this teaching here, it actually stretches all the way back to Leviticus 19, verse 15. Do not be partial to the poor or show favoritism to the rich. You see, some Christians in the empire, they had special privileges that helped them along in life. They had advantages. Just imagine being a a wealthy Roman citizen. Wealthy landowner, you have an estate, a nice house with a nice, luxurious courtyard. You know some people. You can can wheel and deal. You you have uh, connections in Rome, some politicians. Your kids have a private tutor. You get to spend your afternoons at the bathhouse. Or you get the really nice seats at the theater. Getting by in life really isn't that, that bad. And then when you go to church gatherings... Nothing really changes. You get special treatment. This is what James is is calling out. The church is not to be defined by by culture. The church is defined by kingdom values. And so if we do have special privileges in the wider culture, in society, that does get confronted at the ingathering of God's family. Because Jesus is our center. And we're going to be remembering that shortly. Jesus is our center. God the Father wants to remove the barriers, the hierarchies, the pyramids, the the, the ladders that we put in place. Now, to be clear, being wealthy is not the issue. It's just a misplaced value. Value in God's kingdom has nothing to do with bank accounts, titles, clothing, gold rings. 
Your value comes from Father. He created you. He loves you. He saved you. He is restoring you. He gives your life plans. He gives your life purpose. The poor and the marginalized, they're not nobodies. In fact, they are blessed warriors in the kingdom of God. James continues. He says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Didn't God choose the poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? This is our second point for today. We need to remember that many financially insecure people are rich of God's kingdom. They get it. Life is hard. But they have a big faith. They are filled with faith that has been refined and tested by the fires of poverty and hardship. They know who uh, Yahweh Jireh is. God is their provider. Their health, excuse me, their life is not health and wealth. Wealth, it is wear and tear. It's rough and tough. They have a big faith. And their earthly identity, their, their earthly reflections does not reflect who they are in the kingdom. And you know, once Jesus made this perplexing statement, he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. People in that day, they had a misplaced value of wealth. Perhaps we do as well. The rich were supposed to be the blessed ones, right? To be wealthy, to have riches, that's like an automatic, absolutely, you're blessed by God. Sure, you should get first dibs in the kingdom of God. That was the way they were thinking. But no, faith in Christ is what counts, not riches. And so there are many people who are rich in faith, rich of God's kingdom. And the world completely disregards them. And James has to call out the church of his day. And he says, church, you've done this too. He's challenging the church. He says, you've dishonored the poor. Don't the rich oppress you and drag you into court? Don't they blaspheme the good name that was invoked over you? Church, you've showed favoritism. You've dishonored the poor. You've, you have used your power to separate that which Jesus has made whole. He's calling out the church. You're acting like the kingdom of man, not the kingdom of God. You're doing exactly what the world does. Don't the, the rich out in society, don't, don't they oppress you? Don't they drag you? Don't they slander the good name of Jesus? To paraphrase Nietzsche, when you fight dragons, you don't want to become a dragon yourself. <laughs> We complain about the Roman culture. We complain about the culture. The rich drag us around. They oppress us. They put us down. And then it's like we do the same thing inside the church family. And so James, he's wrestling through all of this. He's, he's calling this out. What is the solution to all of this? And it's love. Love is the key to living well in God's kingdom. He says... 
Indeed, if you fulfill the royal law prescribed in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. You're doing right. Did you notice the kingdom royal vocabulary here? If we fulfill the the royal law in scripture, that's love your neighbor as yourself. That, That comes from Jesus, right? If we are able to live this way, James is saying we are doing well. We're doing something right. We're on the right track. In one book that I was reading, it was saying that Christ's love, to give Christ's love, that is always eye level love. When we love others, we never look up or down upon somebody. It's eye level. And God has drawn this big circle around all of us, and he speaks with his big dad voice. And he whispers, I love you. Twinkle in his eye. We're all equally loved. Galatians 3.28 reminds us that we are all one in the Son. We're all one in Christ. And bouncing over to 2 Corinthians 5, just to help um, reinforce this teaching, Jesus is the one man who died for all. And since he died for all, all those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for Jesus. Jesus died for us. He was raised again. Jesus has changed world history. Second Corinthians 5 continues. It says, therefore, we shouldn't regard any person from a worldly point of view. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. The challenge, the encouragement is this, let us be a new commandment church. Jesus gave the new commandment in John 13, love your neighbor. James calls this the royal law. If we're able to do this, we're on the right track. Of course, love is really hard sometimes. Love is the key. Love is the key to Christian lifestyle. However, if we do show favoritism, if you do show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Forever keeps the entire law, yet stumbles at one point, is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. So if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you are a lawbreaker. What is James talking about? At first reading, that's a little bit complicated, right? We're reminded that if salvation was based on some sort of a scale, if All it takes is just one sin, and the whole thing flips. One sin breaks the entire law. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. And I find it amusing that when we're talking about favoritism, he puts these, quote, big sins of murder and adultery in here. Because we like to rank sins, don't we? It's like James is indirectly getting the point across that, hey, sin is sin. If you murder, the fact that you don't commit adultery doesn't cancel out that you murdered somebody. You can't just break 
a little bit of the law of Moses. If you break one part of it, you break the whole thing. We need the forgiveness of Christ. And so here's the thing. Don't compare your sins to someone else. Don't go up against some other type of standard. Go to Christ. Ask for forgiveness. And live life anew. Which means living like a person who is ruled by the gospel of grace, mercy, and freedom. And here's our fourth point. Speak and act like a person who is destined to be tried, to be judged by, the, by grace and mercy. James says, speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If the Son has set you free, you are free. If the gospel has given you liberty, live in light of that. And remember that that freedom does not come from the law of Moses. It comes from Jesus's mercy. It's his mercy that triumphs over judgment. Jesus sets us free from sin. Jesus sets us free for new and true life and love. Therefore, we should speak and act like we're people who are going to someday sit down with Jesus. We're going to give an account. If you believe that Jesus is your one defense, if you believe that Jesus is the one who makes you right, if you believe that the gospel sets you free, if you believe that the gospel makes you whole, if you believe Jesus is the one who gives you grace and mercy, then live according, accordingly to that this day. Speak and act like a person who has grace and mercy written all over their destiny. And part of what that means is carrying a, a merciful attitude. Be kind. Love well. Forgive. Don't show favoritism. And so church, please know your value is not based on possessions, position, performance. It's not based on your ability. It's not based on your wardrobe. Jesus died for you. Let that shape how much you're worth. Jesus died for you. Let that shape and tell you, inform you of your value. Let us remember it's not about wealth and fancy clothes and gold rings. It's not about looking fixed up on the outside. What counts is faith in Christ. Life will have its hard moments that will challenge our, our faith. James, James explored this. Consider trials a great joy, right? Remember that? We're going to go through stuff that challenges our faith. But may we be a people where we don't just trust in our, our stuff, our materials, to get us through each day, but we trust in the God who is present with us each day, right now. We trust in God. Let us acknowledge that there are people who look little and who look lost. 
But from a kingdom point of view, because of their faith, they're really big, and they are first in the kingdom of God. May we affirm together, church, that we're doing something right when we fulfill the royal rule of Scripture, to love others as yourself. Love is the key to living well in the kingdom of God. And as we try to put all this together into practice, I know today, at least for me, it felt heavy up here a lot. Let us be reminded that today, excuse me, that someday we are going to sit down with Jesus. Someday we are going to sit down with Jesus and we're going to give an account. And how does that shape how we live today? May we all speak and act like a person who is destined to be tried by grace and mercy. In light of what Jesus has done for us, in light of that grace and that forgiveness, his love for us, let us be kind-hearted, merciful. As a family, let's be aware of favoritism, be advocates of unity and peace. And speaking of family, what a great morning to observe Holy Communion.